All right. Hello. It's on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? All is well here. Jake, I'm going to be talking a little quieter. I am at my mom's house. I brought the kids to visit grandma and grandpa. And so everybody is in bed. It is Saturday the 29th. We're going to post this on New Year's Eve. So happy New Year's, Jake. Happy New Year. Happy New um, Year. I was at your mom's house earlier. Tell her I said Happy New Year as well. I didn't have time to tell her that. I had to duck out the window real quick when you showed up. Yes, yes, yes. Funny, funny. Um, so, yeah, everybody's asleep except me, uh, and I'm going to be talking quieter. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm well. We, uh, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was good, man. Uh, went, went to my girlfriend's parents' place. Had, had a lot of food, that kind of thing. Solid, solid. I had a pretty uh, low-key one. It was just the... The uh, four of us, the small family, no, no outsiders, so that was good. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, we had uh, sort of thought of uh, doing a couple news stories, but then a year in review of movies we had seen. But you can't get your movies to pull up. You, you don't remember what you saw, or do you have any? I, I mean, I got stuff that stands out. Yeah, I, it's just, you know, movie pass. you click on history, it's supposed to be there. And it's fucking not there. It just says unable to load history, and it's like you, you motherfuckers. Like this is a, this is an easy one. Movie pass. I, I, I know that like it's you guys, you guys tend to fuck up the big things, but this is a, this is a little thing. This is this is simple. See what I do because I'm stupid and I don't I don't have movie pass. Uh, every year when we do this, I uh, go to Wikipedia because they have a list of all the films released that year, and they break them down by month, and then sure. I just go through and I. Pull out the ones I've seen. Oh, goddamn dog. Stop working. It's funny. I said, uh, I, I, listeners, I emailed Jake and said, hey, we should do a top 10 movies, uh, our top 10 of the year. And then I went through and counted all my movies. I saw seven in the theater. Nice. I'm, I was going to say, man, I, I've, I've hit more just because of movie pass. But I, I honestly, I don't think I was hitting them as much as I, as I did last year just because... Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I kind of had movie pass for a while, and I, I hit a lot at first, and then I was just kind of like, whatever. But um, I now movie pass. It's hard to see movies for those of you listeners out there who don't know. It it only gives you access to so many, and it's and it's kind of a pain in the ass. Well, it's not even the big ones. You can't go see. It started with Mission Impossible in August, where they said, "Eh, this is going to be a big blockbuster movie. We don't want to pay for everyone to go see it." So. I think that was the first one where they started dialing back what you could and could not see. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's because it's just it's a crazy business model they had. And actually, somebody broke down their business model on how that could ever become profitable, how charging someone half of one retail ticket price and then you paying a full ticket price every time they go to a movie for unlimited movies during the month, like how that could be profitable. And their their idea was that they would sell your information like when you went to the movies or just whatever you gave them access to. That's what I read is they were going some, to sell data. Yes. Yeah. And they would just sell it to marketing companies, you know, to tell like, oh, uh, every time Jake goes to see a movie uh, before noon, he has this many vodka sodas that he mixes in a the theater. Afternoon, this way. I, I don't know what they're getting. I don't know if this is for the cheap vodka companies, but or, like who is benefiting from my movie going information? Apparently it wasn't worth that much because it, it, you know they, they're they're having a hard time staying afloat. But I guess AMC is doing the same kind of thing, where they're selling the you you sign up and get unlimited movies at just AMC, but and they sell your information to marketers. But 
unlike MoviePass, they're not paying retail price for you to go see movies because it's at their theater. So they're paying even, next to nothing. I don't even know if they're paying for selling data because they just know that if they get you in the door, they can sell you popcorn and you know, even if you're getting a cut rate on there, you're still going to their theaters, so they don't even need to try. And that's funny. Yeah, thing about but if selling- they pay attention to us, movie pass folk, us, us, us uh, uh, carny transient hobos that have movie pass that pay ten dollars a month, I don't buy anything at all while I'm there. I sneak in homeless man vodka and seltzer, and I mix cocktails. <laughs> I, I think you're the the outlier, or maybe not. I, I don't no, know. no, dude. Think about it. Popcorn's like eight bucks there. I pay ten bucks a month for Movie Pass. I'm not paying you eight dollars for popcorn. I I sneak in cheese and crackers now. I, I I bring in pita bread and hummus. I don't I don't fuck around, man. I have an overcoat and everything. Uh, see, I I'm like you in a way, but that's the funny thing is everybody told me you should go get Movie Pass. You should go get Movie Pass, and I said. It wouldn't be worth it for me at $10 a month because I go see movies. 90% of the movies I see are on $5 Tuesday here. I have I have Tuesdays off. I have the, day, the daytime. So I go on Tuesday when it's $5. And I already told you, I saw seven movies this year. That is $5, 10 15 20 25 30 $35. That's, that's less than I would have spent on MoviePass. Yeah, I don't think they do like a $5 movie day i mean, I mean they, I, there's a lot of theaters here maybe some of them do but uh, not in new york city I, not that I, don't, I know of yeah, yeah I, I mean they're all like 17 bucks at least all right so do you want to do the ones you remember since you can't play your history yeah man uh two you want to do I all really... of them or do you want to do best and worst and we'll just then we'll move on to news stories best worst and then maybe list a couple that stood out yeah um my favorite i i kind of have I, i'm tied for favorite, I, I don't really know which of these I, I liked more. I really liked Bohemian Rhapsody, and I really liked um, How Can You Ever Forgive Me? Or Will, heard, will You Ever Forgive Me? Sorry. I have heard very good things about the latter, the Melissa McCarthy one. I have heard, how do I put this? That the former, the Queen one, is just sort of paint by numbers and wrote. That it's a crowd pleaser, but it's not technically... A good movie. Does that make sense? Well, I was I was in the crowd, so it pleased me. What are you talking about? <laughs> there you go. I was see that's the problem is I'm listening to critics who are snobby and they're like, I wanted more artsy as opposed to more crowd pleasing. I didn't well, see okay, it. I wish what, I had. What was their problem with it? That it was just sort of uh, it didn't go deep into his life. It was just highs and lows. Like they show you, like oh, they they get told they're going to suck and then they become queen and then they play stadiums and yay, they win. It's it's like the success story and that you sort of are fueled forward by the music. Where instead of doing an in depth um, study of uh, Freddie as a person, they just throw songs in over and over so that you're constantly reacting to the music and being powered by that i mean there was a lot of that but dude they they really did um have a lot of scenes where it went into his deep personal life man it showed him um not to give away too much to the listeners but uh, i think it's his life story so if you know anything about him you know him yeah so i mean i wish i had seen it but but i I just mean in terms of ruining the movie for like i wonder what they're going to show what they're not going to show um it actually shows him uh blowing kevin spacey in the late 80s you know what i'm saying and i was like i can't believe they put this on here man it's actually kevin spacey in this movie right now no they didn't have that was it was um, it christopher was it christopher Plummer playing kevin spacey no i don't remember who the hell it was uh but no it, it, it they didn't um i mean they they didn't leave stuff out like i remember 
I, I saw a segment on The View where they were talking to the, the cast members of it, and I think it was Joy Behar, she was like, yeah, Freddie Mercury was a gay icon, and, and, and you guys touched on that in the movie, and, and, and him, you, you know, um, getting AIDS, but why didn't you go too in-depth in that? And was there a discussion with the studio? And his reaction, which was the right reaction, was we did. And it was just so funny because I felt like Joy Behard, I was listening to somebody who had, you, you remember being in English class when you would, you would just sort of read the first quarter of the book and try to fake it in the book report? And every now and then they'd have people talk about the book and oh, you so get to hear saw- the guy part of the movie and then yes, not all of it. I think she saw the first quarter of the movie and was like he hasn't fucked anyone yet they must not talk about it <laughs> it's like no they go in depth they 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 show him coming out to his fiance uh they show him telling his band he's got AIDS they got like there's all kinds of shit in there and it's like what do you do you want it to just be a sad AIDS movie do you want it just to be Philadelphia too he also, he, he did something else other than be gay and have AIDS. What was another thing he did with his life? Oh, yeah, he was the lead singer queen. They, they, they Yeah, so they had that be about what most of the movie was, was him being the lead singer of queen. Well, God damn it. I had wanted to see it, but then it started getting all this negative press, and I should have just yeah, gone with it. don't listen to those fucking douchebags, yeah, man. That, that's on me. God damn it. Tell and, me about yeah, the dude, other one. I've you heard- know who these are? These are for douchebags who didn't like the band Queen. These are guys going, I want to watch this movie because he was a gay icon and he he, he died of AIDS. And it's like, well, yeah, but name me two of his albums. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so for the people who just wanted to go because they're super progressive and want to see an early gay icon, but, uh, you, you know, don't know his music and shit, then, yeah, it's not really for them. But then again, they had a really good line when he's coming out to his band and, and or not coming out to his band, but, but telling them that, that he had AIDS, you know? is he said, I, I don't want to be a sad poster boy for this illness. I want to live the rest of my life the way I choose, making movies or, or making music. So if Freddie Mercury, if you could somehow show the spirit of Freddie Mercury, the movie, and you made it all about him getting AIDS and being sad and dying and fucking dudes, he'd be like, well, yeah, but I also made a lot of music that I'm kind of proud of too. You maybe want to mention a couple of those songs. You know, like I feel like they did him justice. I I feel like you explained it when you said that the critics are all progressive douchebags that want an artsy-fartsy film about him being a gay icon. And they didn't give a fuck about the band Queen. Yeah, yeah. I think that nailed it. God damn it, I fucked up. Well, well, anything, I'm looking forward to it then when I when it comes around on HBO. I fucked up, but it. I will. I loved yeah. it. If you, if you like the, if you like the, the band at all, I think you oh, would I love like this movie. Yeah. But dude, if anything, I wish they would have gone a little bit more into, into some of the music. Like, for example... I wish they would have gone in. They would have somehow mentioned the fact that their first three album, um, the, all the lyrics of every song seem to be about Lord of the Rings for some fucking reason. What, Isn't you, it you know the band I mean? Rush? <laughs> I thought that was that, the band dude, Rush. But it, was, it was Queen, too. Listen, dude, look up their early albums. All of those goddamn songs are about Lord of the Rings. I'm not saying they didn't have a few good ones in there. I'm saying that before uh, Night at the Opera... A totally different band. Like, they really did not come into their own until about five, six years into their career. And I wanted to see that epic band argument when they were like, 
I don't want to write seven songs about goblins and fairies and dwarves. And one of them was like, fuck you, that's what we're all about. And, and they just start going back and forth <laughs> and arguing. Kind of like the band on F is for Family, the, the, the Bill Burt cartoon. They were basically like a high-end, top-shelf version of that for their first like three albums. And I wanted to see that argument. I wanted to see something about the movie Highlander. I, I just wanted them to at least mention, hey, we're doing an entire soundtrack to this movie about guys cutting each other's heads, heads off. That's fucking cool, right? And uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah. Oh, and Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they didn't well, mention tell, tell me about um, uh, the Melissa McCarthy one, because I've heard that's fantastic. And you oh, really good, man. Too. Really good, especially uh, if... If, if you're from New York or, or, or you live in New York, it's great because it's a true story about this lady who lived here. She was like a, like an author and she fakes um, she she's going through like hard times and it was like she was kind of big back in the day. She was kind of a rising star in the author world. And then, you know, she was just sort of a drunk and hard to work with. And so she's just taking writing jobs and getting fired for them for being a drunk who's hard to work with. And she falls into forging signatures on personal handwritten letter, or not handwritten, but but typed out letters from authors to her or to other authors and stuff like that. And um, it's it's it was a true story, I guess. It, it was it was just fucking great because her and the other guy who were like the two main characters, they're they're really unlikable people. But you're still rooting for him, which I, I thought was fucking amazing. But it's great if, if, you, if you're familiar with New York because the whole thing takes place here and there's all kinds of, you know, references to different things in the city and it's all shot around the city. And they go to get bread from this really famous grocery store on the Upper West Side. And I, I don't know, just little shit like that made the movie fun. But it was, it was still just a great story. It's really well written, uh, really well directed, really well acted. Even I mean, she's a, she's a comedic, you know, actor, but... She fucking knocked it out of the park in in this drama role, man. Melissa McCarthy, a uh, whole whole new respect for her as an actress. Oh, good, good, good. All right, go hit me with uh, your worst. The worst. Well, I don't remember the name of this. I, I wish. Let me let me try Movie Pass again. God damn it! What, what was what was? Give the me movie? a description, and I can uh, Google right. while you're talking about it. It it took place in a mental institution. Um, this lady checks herself into a mental institution, but they won't let her check out because they want her insurance money. And the whole thing's a scam. Do you have any actors or actresses? Uh, no, uh, not a good one. Actually, I, I felt bad because what was his name? Like Jay Farrell, the, the guy that was on Saturday Night Live. He was on, um, he had a small role in it. And so I really wanted the movie to be good. <laughs> but it Unsane? just wasn't. Unsane, yes, that piece of shit movie. Oh, I googled it was such a bad movie. I googled mental institution insurance scam movie 2018. Yeah, there can't be a ton of those. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I don't know why. I, shit, I just figured dude, this would be an impossible movie to find. It's Steven Soderbergh, and he usually makes fucking great films. Dude, this movie was dog shit. It was absolute fucking dog shit. The whole thing is completely fucking unrealistic for one. And then also, so she's in a mental institution. Um, they won't let her out because of insurance scams. Now, this would have been a good movie. It would have been, if they just would have stuck with that, I feel like they could have done a really good dramatic portrayal of this. And it sort of could have been a, a, a sort of a, a lesser version of a Dallas Buyers Club, if you will. You know what I mean? Just shady medical practices. But no, they turned it into a thriller because one of the orderlies is her goddamn stalker. 
And and so it's just like, but how's he how's he working there? Like, what is he? You know, and, and the guy's going around doing all this shit, and I'm like, oh, good thing they don't have any security cameras filled with mental institution people where you want to fucking have eyes on them 24 hours a day, no matter where they are. And it's just the whole fucking thing was ridiculous, dude. You saw it in the theater. Yeah, it was dog shit. And what did it look like? What do you mean, what did it look like? Well, I, I have to ask you that without trying to give anything away, but I guess I have to give it away because I looked it up I, when, when I was Googling it. The entire film was, in, was shot on the iPhone 7 Plus. That's really? How they made the, yep, it says it was filmed on the iPhone 7 Plus. Well, I'm not, you, you know, I honestly, based on the script, I would have only given them an iPhone 5. You know what I'm saying? I would have given them an old <laughs> refurbished, I'd have made them shoot that motherfucker on a flip phone, man. I, this was such a goddamn bad movie. It, 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 that does not shock me that they could not get actual cameras for that. Well, here's the funny part. Uh, the budget is listed as $1.5 million. So well, that they, is one point four million uh, nine hundred thousand, and you know nine hundred dollars more than it's worth. This this thing, they should have spent a hundred bucks on this piece of shit. It was awful. <laughs> well, it made fourteen point two million. Well, you know, Steve Bannon made a lot of money too. There you go. All right, I uh, I my... would rather watch Steve Bannon jerking off on some random Fox News anchor's tits for an hour and a half than watch this goddamn movie again. <laughs> oh, gross. I mean, not the jerking off on the tits part, but the Steve Bannon part. Not as gross as this goddamn movie. So my favorite movie will come as no surprise to anybody that knows me. Uh, it was Avengers Infinity War, and I put that right up against The Dark Knight. It is, I mean, I, I, I can't even go into detail on it. It's just it's just a great film that I would gush over. I would I would just sit and... It just it's it's serious filmmaking only with comic book heroes. Like they don't make it like the shitty uh, Zack Snyder Superman films or any of that. It's it's uh, Infinity War was just the the best film of the year, if not the past few. And then my worst film, I think I mentioned on this podcast. I can't remember. Um, I took my the family went to see Hotel Transylvania three Summer Vacation. Uh, we took the kids. And the only reason we took them to it is because we saw two on Netflix, and it okay. actually is not that bad. And so I, I actually enjoyed Hotel Transylvania 2, to tell you the truth. I, th I thought there was a lot of good humor in it and it had a pretty decent message. And so when I saw they were making a third one, I said, okay, let's go see it. And three was such a steaming piece of shit. And then I looked up the difference. Hotel Transylvania. Was there a, a sweet transvestite from transsexual trans Transylvania <laughs> in number three? If no, not, but they there should have been. They fucking failed. They should have had Tim Curry. The difference is Hotel Transylvania 2 was written by Robert Smigel, and Hotel Transylvania 3 was not. Was it also written on an iPhone 7? I don't, I, I, that one I don't know. You know who Robert Smigel is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wrote two, and he's fantastic. He does Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. He uh, did uh, the yeah, Saturday, awesome. the, 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 Late night TV fun house on Saturday Night Live that had the ambiguously gay duo and dude, I other didn't know that. I'm gonna things. watch Hotel Transylvania too. Then what about Hotel Transylvania One? I've never seen it. 
Well, I mean, that's the pro- that's the thing with Netflix is sometimes they have certain movies on and not others. And when we got Netflix, two was available, but one wasn't. So we just saw two, and I said, oh, well, that was good. Uh, one was obviously good enough to make two, made enough money. I just watched two, and I liked it. And then three, just a steaming pile of shit because Smigel wasn't involved. So Smigel snuck in some some pretty, not subversive, but, you know, he made it. He's a smart, funny guy. So he's even if he's making a kid's movie, you yeah. can't. He can't be stupid. Well, three the is fucking just guy does triumph for Christ's sake. That, that yeah. thing was hilarious. I mean, he's it. So, I mean, the rundown for the rest of my my list. I mean, since there are only a few others, I did enjoy uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. I enjoyed Super Troopers too. And from there, I like Super Troopers too. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I didn't see Mission Impossible. It was it was good. I I I I just I like Tom Cruise. I think he is yeah. very good at what he does. But all right, do you want to head into news stories then? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, the first thing I sent you I thought was pretty funny. But the funny thing about the thing that's funny is that it actually, when you open it, it has a good message. Because someone last week we talked about the, uh, the GoFundMe for Donald Trump's wall, someone set up a GoFundMe for ladders to get over Donald Trump's wall. And I thought that was just fucking hilarious. I mean, that even as a really joke, good. it's just funny. <laughs> but then you, then you open it, and the guy says, I could read you everything, but... Uh, Basically, the long and short of it, it's actually serious. He he sets it up and says that, look, we're not going to reach our goal because this is stupid. We're not going to, you know, they're going to try and, oh, he wants $100 million. And he goes, we're not going to get $100 million. So if we don't re- reach our goal, all the funds we raise will go to the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services, a Texas-based 501c3 nonprofit that promotes justice by providing free and low-cost legal services to underserved immigrant children, families, and refugees. So you have this hilarious idea, ladders to get over the wall, but the money is actually going somewhere good, unlike last week's, which... Again, I had no problem with if the guy, if, if you want to go fund me a wall, if you think there should be a wall, then good, you should pay for it, donate money to pay for it. But that money's going to either go nowhere or I don't know if the guy gets to pocket it. I, it's, it's just a bullshit one. Whereas this one, on the surface, it's funny. And then when you dig deeper, it's actually very good. And, and that just, yeah. how, it doesn't get any better than that, where you have something that's funny but actually meaningful. Come on. I don't know, man. I think these GoFundMe pages are getting taken away. I saw one; the, they're they're getting carried away. I saw one the other day. They have a GoFundMe page to fund the invasion of Iran. I was like, "What the hell is this, man?" Are you serious? No. Oh. <laughs> well, see, I wouldn't be surprised. That's the thing today. I mean, it, you can have a GoFundMe for anything, so I would not be surprised if there was one to invade Iran. I wish, as as a comic, though, I, I wish I could have fans that are as loyal as Donald Trump's fans. Because now, when he's failing to fulfill his campaign promises, they're just, they're making GoFundMe pages for him. That's never happened for a president. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, people showed up uh, in record numbers when Obama was inaugurated. They didn't create a GoFundMe page to keep the, the cost of his insurance plan. No, when insurance companies realized, oh, hey, now that people are required to buy us, let's jack up the prices because we're dicks and we're insurance companies and that's what we do. That is a good goddamn point. Yeah, no, he he has some loyal fucking followers. I uh, saw a meme on Facebook that I thought was pretty fucking fantastic. It was a picture of a Trump rally of all these angry white people and yeah. the, the listeners center- you may hear a sound in the background that is my furnace i'm not actually burning alive or whatever it sounds like <laughs> is happening. um 
and it it's centered on one old white man, particularly angry sh- in, in mid shout. And the text uh, broken down was, who's going to pay for the wall? And it was Mexico, Mexa, me, me. You know, like just breaking down the word Mexico until it yeah. was me. And it's like, that's literally what they are. Because as, as we talked about last week with that GoFundMe, every week it was, and I'm going to get Mexico to pay for the wall. We're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. And here we are, the government is shut down and they are in a stalemate because he is demanding $5 billion for his wall. And his followers do not seem angry in the slightest. They don't seem to care that he lied. And they aren't asking, hey, wait a second, I thought you said Mexico was going to pay for it. They are just in... They're just insulting Democrats, saying, "Yeah, Democrats are soft on border security. What's wrong with them?" They, right. Well, that's because insane. now, yeah, now the Democrats are taking over the House, man. I think that's why he waited this long because the the wall thing is completely un- unrealistic, right? Like it's 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 unrealistic. There, he's not going to get funding for it. Now, he had control of the House. If he was going to get funding for it, it would have came then during that two years. But he knew. It wasn't going to get passed. It was going to be a knockdown, drag-out fight, right? Like, but he did not want to have that uh, with, like, Paul Ryan, you know, and guys like that. He wanted to have it with people like Nancy Pelosi. Um, he, uh, he, you know, again, with like Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, he, you could call them, you know, they call them on the right rhinos, you know, uh, fake Republicans, basically. But... It looks a lot better if you can have this fight now with the Democrats, because then it's not the Republican Party being fractured between true Republicans who support Trump and fake establishment Republicans who secretly sucked off Obama every day he was in the White House. You know, uh, that's that's all well and good. That works for a lot of the base, but it it doesn't unite your base as much as I was gonna get you guys a wall, but goddamn Nancy Pelosi is not playing fair. Elect me again at the end of this year. I think it works out great for him that this is happening at the beginning of the year and that this is an election year because he get he has to at least be seen fighting really fucking hard for this thing because this wasn't just uh, something he promised during his campaign. This was his main thing. It was lock her up and build the wall. That was the two things, you know? And so he needs to be, if he doesn't get that fucking wall, it's going to look bad, but he needs to at least have that fight, you know, like a really big fight where he shuts the government down and, you know, maybe he opens it back up and um, then just blames Democrats. But this is happening at the beginning of the year. Uh, there's 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 going to be an election and stuff, and, and that's that's that, you know? And so they he needs to be seen fighting for this, and and that's what he's doing. And that is true. And now for the next... Uh, you, you said several things that made me uh, think, and... They're all correct. Like, first of all, you said if he had really wanted this, he would have gotten it within the first two years uh, when he when they controlled everything. If he really wanted it and it was and it was feasible, you know, it it was going to happen. Yeah. 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 Because that's when Obamacare got pushed through in the first two years of Obama's presidency, when the Democrats controlled everything. They pushed through Obamacare, and in the first two years of the Republican, they couldn't even overturn it. That's he campaigned. We're gonna we're gonna do away with it. And when push came to shove, most of them went along. And then McCain with his famous thumbs down, because they had nothing to replace it with, and all they needed was one. All they needed was McCain. And who knows if they had secret meetings where they said, "All right, can we all look good for the party?" And then you know you're the maverick, and you 
give it a, you know, the thumbs down, who knows? But yeah, that nothing happened for two years. And now for the next two years, he will be able to point the finger at Democrats. And here's the second thing I thought of, and it's, it's scary. He can point the finger at Democrats and stupid, stupid, stupid people will believe him. Because I saw a Facebook post last week when the uh, Dow plummeted, um, just fell off the cliff. Uh, there was a post on Facebook. A guy said, see, this is what happens when the Democrats come to power. And I, and I wrote on the post like, yeah, damn those Democrats and their checks calendar coming to power in January. Because people don't know the difference between the election where Democrats got elected and the actual coming to power, which isn't even – none of them are sworn into office yet. He was saying, oh, the Democrats are in power now and the stock market plummets. That's how dumb people are. They, they don't pay attention to the details. They barely pay attention to the, the wide swaths of information, the big picture. They just, they, they react, right. they knee-jerk react to their own emotions. Well, and I think, here's, here's where the, the left, I think, fucks up on this issue. I, I think they're being baited a little bit by him to where it, border security didn't used to be, like just, just border security in general, didn't used to be such a divided issue before Trump's campaign, before um, him, you know, saying that people coming over the border were murderers and rapists and things like this. Then that whole campaign, it started to turn the idea of, of border security, and, and especially just his yelling about the wall, he, it then turned it into this thing where it was, it was, Red versus blue, and you know there was a lot of lot of racist rhetoric behind it on on the right. To be fair, so there is, I'm not saying there's no racism there. That being said, what the Democrats end up falling for is is they then go far out their left to where they they want to turn around and say, if you're concerned about border security whatsoever, it's because you're racist, and that's insane. Every like we, we we have a lot of border security. Obama increased border security a lot. You, you Obama deported secu- more Latinos than any other president. And I'm I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying that all those people should have been deported. Many of them should have though. And, no, we're just talking facts. This is what he yeah, did. Right. And and you know, um, people want to say that oh oh you're concerned about people coming over the border. Well, why aren't you concerned about people? coming over from Canada. It, it must be because you're racist. And, and it, yeah, as if there's no difference between Central and South America and Canada other than skin color. That's the only difference. So you're a racist if you're only concerned about... Yeah, I mean, yeah that's the only difference. Plus, plus, you know, uh, cartel wars that kill tens of thousands of people every year. You know, little shit like that. But yeah, other than that, it's just skin color. So uh, Democrats fall for that. You don't want to be seen as the party who just straight up does not care about border security whatsoever. Just point out that it's completely fucking unrealistic and that he's, he's, he's overstating the security risk from the South be, because of racist rhetoric and, and, you know, its ability to, to kind of draw out a lot of the base on the right. Don't make it look like any concern about border security means you're in the fucking clan because that's that's going to push people away. That makes you sound fucking insane. Um, the, the right fucks up when they when they try to demonize the people that are coming across looking for a better life and not making any distinction between them. And like, look, there's lots of reasons to want a secure border. Um 
I have nothing against people coming over looking for a better life, certainly not families, but the only concern is if families are allowed to just walk across the border unchecked, that means cartel guys can. That means fucking anybody, a fucking terrorist could, who knows, you know? Um, but they need to do a job of, of distinguishing between those two groups of people, between bad guys and good guys. The vast majority of the guys coming across just looking for a better life. That's where the, the right fucks up. The left fucks up by just saying, ah, there's no risk of cartel guys coming across. You're just being a bigot, you know? That, that's where they fuck up, is they try to make it look like no reason to be concerned about border security whatsoever. Well, and let's go sideways with this because um, in the news this past week was a second child died, and I love the way they phrase it, in the custody of border control agents. Yeah. And before that, I think it was a seven-year-old girl. And it, you talk about everyone fucking up. Trump issued a statement saying, um, he, I'm not even going to get into it, but he, he issued just a tone-deaf statement on how, you know, oh, the, the left is crowing about these kids. Well, maybe they shouldn't be trying to come across the border in the first place. And the right, problem which is with insane. The, you don't want to demonize yeah. the fucking kids, man. Exactly. But the other problem is the media is just screaming headlines. The media is just, how this kid died, this kid died. Yeah, the and the kid was already hor- sick, right? That's the thing. If you yeah. dig into the story, and I've been listening to... to re- it, it, first of all, it is horrible. Both kids dying is right. sad. The truth behind it is that the kids were sick, they were without water, and they are showing up at the border... Um, it, it, they, they talk about these these uh, border a, uh, agencies that are collecting these families and these, I don't want to say caravans because they're not all caravans, but they were built 30 years ago and they say that they are there, you know, and for the, for the most of their time up until the past few years, they were handling two, three, four adult males a day or a week or something like that right. because it was workers, just it was strong, able-bodied men that would try to sneak across to get farm work or whatever construction work, whatever work they could. But suddenly you have kids showing up and families and women and the facility is only meant to take in five men at a time, you know, and then they just get processed and move on. Well, if you have 20 people, that's shitty. And if you have th- so and, and think of any and I, and I hate to use a movie as an example, but think about any movie you've ever seen where there is an over oh, shit. I'm, I'm going to backtrack already. Fuck the movies. Go to the DMV, go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and tell me that is a well-oiled, well-run machine. The way the media handles this, where it says a kid died, this is horrible. It is horrible, but they make it seem like the border agents grabbed the kids and, you know, like were happy that they died or they didn't do anything. Yeah, they it's made that- it sound as if they were they, they, they made a giant gladiator arena and was making the kids fight to death with, uh, you know, little makeshift swords and things. Yeah, they basically, the sad truth is they did not have the medical equipment or the the wherewithal to save these kids they're not doctors the kids the kids show up sick and it's sad and it's horrible but you cannot blame the border control agents for what happened you cannot point the finger at them and say you're horrible people you let these kids die i can't imagine any border patrol agent that was involved in that feels good i can only imagine they're going to feel horrible the rest of their life i mean imagine having the death of a child on your hands somewhere it, it, to, to, to belittle them, to shame them is just shitty. And right. that's what and, I think and, the media is like, doing. Okay, um, a lot of kids go to the NYU Medical Center 
on, you know, in midtown Manhattan. You know, it's a huge hospital. It's in Manhattan. Many of them have pneumonias. They don't all make it. You don't say the doctors at NYU. Kids died in their hands, man. This is on the doctors. Look, sick people show up. We try to help them the best we can. It doesn't always work. Now, if 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 Trump wanted to make a, a, a compelling push toward his side, um, you know, you could instead of instead of just brushing this story off about this kid dying, be like, hey, listen, um, maybe we could use a little more funding at the border so we have what bigger and better facilities to take care of sick kids that might show up. Exactly. Instead of a wall. Like we talked about this last week when we when he said maybe this this money being raised by the people at GoFundMe or the five billion he wants for a wall, send down uh, lawyers and judges and processing facilities. And, you know, and I'm not saying if if it's going to be a burden anyway. And and we talked about this. I agree that instead of just running, uh, you know, free across the border is a bad idea. I, I, I have nothing against the, the plan where Trump said they need to go to a checkpoint. Good. Let's, if, I think they should go to a checkpoint, right. and let's make those checkpoints somewhat accessible. And if there is a backlog, backlogs happen. It shouldn't be free reign, but it also shouldn't be put up a wall. There's got to be a middle ground, and right now nobody is pushing for that middle ground, and that's what's sad. Well, right, man. I mean, you can, you can make non-racist arguments in favor of border security, man. Like, um, you could say, hey, listen, we want a secure border. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing against people from Central and South America. On the contrary, uh, we, we just want to make sure that people who are coming across and, and looking for a better way of life don't have to worry about many of the same gangs and cartel members that they are, they are fleeing from because we, we know that statistically um, most of the crime that that would come from, you, you know, criminals sneaking across the border would take place within those immigrant communities. And we want to do a good job of, pecking, of, of, of protecting everyone in America who's just a civilian trying to live a good life, uh, especially those who are, are, are you know, first-generation immigrants. Those are some of our hardest working and most vulnerable citizens, low income. We want to protect them. We do not think that they should have to be worried about being shot or assaulted by the very same people they're fleeing uh, in, in their home country. Boom. That is a pro-Latino argument for border security. That's the way it used to sound when Obama would talk about border security, when he would increase border security, you know. But it's they basically they decided to go with the wall because he was he was working on speeches at these rallies during the campaign like a fucking open mic and he was getting the most reaction when he would start yelling about walls when he would talk about like oh we just need uh you know good uh, complex measures of border security at the border eh, that's kind of long doesn't make for the best chance you know what i mean uh the wall well, and, and I, they've he even admitted it. That's the funny yeah. thing about is is they, they there's a clip of him at a rally where he's he's in front of his supporters in an arena, 
And he says, ah, that, that uh, drain the swamp sure took off, didn't it? I, I said that on accident. Sure, why not? Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Let's just keep saying. Like, he admitted that most of his chants are just born from, like you said, and, uh, the open mic mentality, throw it out there, see what sticks, and then run with it. Right. But it's not policy. He never, you know, at the time was, Those it wasn't. Those things are visuals. The swamp is visual. A wall is visual. Like, drain the swamp. What, what do you mean? Are, are you going to roll back the thing where, you know, you can donate however much money to a candidate? Are, are, are you going to lower the amount of money you can donate to a candidate? No, I like the donations. So what the fuck are you talking about? You're not, you're not, you're not draining anything. Yep, yep, yep. All right, well, let's sign off on a quick note that's a, uh, uh, it's a sad, funny note that we've talked about in the past. Um, Otto Warmbier, the the guy we've talked about, who went to North Korea and was uh, came home uh, beaten and died. I think uh, after he got back, but uh, yeah, he he died shortly after being released from a North Korean prison. Uh, his family sued North Korea for a wrongful death, and a United States court orders North Korea to pay five hundred and one million dollars to the family for killing uh, Otto Warmbier. I, I'm not sure I understand the point of any of that. It's North Korea. North I, Korea I, will pay that $500 million about 20 years before Mexico pays for the wall. That's... I could not that that was <laughs> without being that accurate. That is about my thought. It's like what what you you went to court and the judge said North Korea, you're guilty, and I I'm gonna go uh, on record and guess. I don't think there was a North Korean representative that ever showed up for any moment in that trial. I don't think they went in and defended themselves. I don't think they sent in lawyers. I think North Korea sat this one out thinking, find us guilty. Fuck you. We're not going to do shit. So Dude, I'm, I'll I'm bet not Kim sure Jong Il sent a representative to troll them to read a letter like, listen, uh, this is from the dear leader. He said that he would love to pay $500 million for the death of Otto Wambier in his, his, his work camp, but. If he pays $500 million to one person that died wrongfully in his work camp, he's got to pay $500 million to all <laughs> the people that died wrongfully in his work camp. And he ain't got that many $500 million to go around. So That's going to add up. Not sorry. Uh, all right. Well, as we said at the outset, Happy New Year. This is going to post on New Year's Eve. So uh, let's let's uh, have a good 2019, everyone. Let's head in head into the new year happy. Jake, my friend, always good talking to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to the listeners. And you, your New Year's resolution should be to share this goddamn show, people. I yes. can't think of a better. Fuck going to the gym, you know? What are you, you going to do? Go to the gym, get all out of breath, decide fucking about halfway through? Nah, but you can listen to this podcast anywhere. And so can all your friends. So show us on, share us on social media, people. Do it. Give us five stars on iTunes. That is the best New Year's resolution I could think of. Thanks very much for saying that, Jake. All right. Thanks for listening, listeners. Goodbye. Later. <laughs>